Hey, hey, welcome back to the Slay West Show. This is season four, episode four, podcast four. Um, so today's topic is just generally about why I chose to be a single mom. It's actually four o'clock in the morning, so I'm recording this, um, mostly because I can't sleep. I usually record and then upload right away, but I decided to go ahead and just do this early um, and make use of my time. So this is not a happy podcast, first and foremost. Um, And even the title, Why I Chose to Be a Single Mom. Um, While that was a very empowered decision for me, a lot of days it does not feel like an empowered decision. Uh, When I'm tired, when I feel like I need a break, when, you know, any of the, the stresses of life happen, which are often compounded for many single mothers, this does not feel like an empowered choice. Um, this is more so the story behind how I ended up where I am today. Um, and I've kind of touched on this before, but I'm going to go into really deep detail today um, just to kind of give you a roadmap to how I got to the point where I decided that I need to probably just parent alone um, for the sake of my daughter and for the sake of my mental and emotional and physical well-being. So first things first, um, I had always maintained that I did not want children and I have never made that a secret. Um, I didn't want kids, nor did I want to get married. At some point I was like, well, maybe I do want to get married, but I still don't want kids. Um, and I've been pretty honest with that, about that with pretty much every man that I've been with in my adult life. Not to mention that, you know, I had my daughter when I was 26 about two and a half months before I, two and a half, three months before I turned 27. Um, so being, you know, that young and even younger than men I was dating before I had my daughter, um, I just genuinely didn't feel like I was ready to have a child for various reasons. Um, I wasn't done living my life. I was super, super out there in the streets, super, super fucking reckless. Uh, and I'll talk about that. That's a podcast for another day because... I say that a lot to people. People are like, no, really? Like, I'm like, you, you're getting your PhD. And I'm like, nigga, they don't have nothing to do with shit. Like, I was really out there in the streets prior to having my daughter. Um, And I liked it that way. And that was my life. And bits and pieces of me today miss the liberty and the freedom that I had to literally do whatever the fuck I wanted, even if it wasn't always in my best interest. Um... But that being said, um, because I was so young, you know, having kids was not really even on my radar. Um, I uh, am the kind of person that I typically, if I deal with someone, I deal with them for like an extended amount of time. So in my early 20s, I was dealing with someone that I dealt with for roughly around four, almost five years. And we were, you know not always taking the biggest precautions when it came to our activities. And so for a very long time, I was, you know, I was doing this for like four or five. So part of me, and I don't know where I got this from. I don't know why I've heard so many women say this. And I'm like, you know, I don't know why we were dumb enough to think this, but part of me thought I just couldn't get pregnant. And I was like, okay, like, you know, um, after, this person that I was dealing with for about four or five years, I started dating someone that I dated in high school um, again. And I was really, really, really deeply, deeply in love with him. Um, 
really thought that me and him were going to be able to start a life together, whatever the case may be. Um, and that has a lot to do with me being very naive um, about just my life and his life and the circumstances in which, you know, we were just kind of in. Long story short, uh, he was into some crime, which I knew because he had been doing this shit for years. He was selling drugs and moving weight and doing a whole bunch of other stuff that he shouldn't have been doing. And I won't really go into a lot of details about that either for the sake of not incriminating him or myself. Um, but he already had a kid. And I was okay with that. I was like, you know, he already has a kid. He wanted to have a child with me. And I did not want to do that because at the time I was, this is my first year teaching. I knew that I didn't want to stay a teacher. I knew that, you know, I wanted to figure out my next career moves, whether that was going to be going back to school to get my PhD or go to law school. Fast forward, you know, shit, almost six years. I am literally in the dissertation stage, the final stage of earning my PhD. So kudos to me, stuck to my guns, did the damn thing. But um, at the time, I wasn't really sure what I was going to do. And he seemed that he wanted to be going in the general direction of wanting to, like, settle down and be a family with someone. Um, And I was very... And still feel this way a lot about men. I feel like men have this this um, controlling nature about them, even when many of them are not trying to be that way. I think they're socialized to be that way. And so I started to kind of feel like he wanted me to have a baby and he wanted to kind of control me and he wanted to do all these different things that um, just didn't feel natural to me in many ways. And um, he started to kind of just pick up on that. And him being the very mature and kind person that he was, he was like, look, this is what I'm trying to do. This is not what you're trying to do. Um, You know, I think we should break up. And I was really hurt like that. I don't. I literally remember uh, when that happened, waking up sad, like literally waking up out of my sleep in the morning and it hitting me that we weren't together anymore and me being very, very sad about that. Um, I also started doing some investigating. And to this day, I actually don't know because I've never really asked him, Um, but I felt like he was talking to his his ex and that there were things conversations I, I don't know I, I wouldn't say I don't know if, I don't know that he was I don't think he was actually cheating on me with her but I feel like there were conversations being had um that I wasn't aware of and that was also causing our relationship to fracture so I remember just getting really really mad at him and being like you know what you're right. Fuck it. Let's break up and don't fucking ever talk to me again. And I have not spoken to him in six years. Um, information flows to me freely. You could take that however you will. So 
he's now currently in a new relationship with someone and is about to have twins. And he has my very best wishes um, because that's the life that he really wanted for himself. He wanted to be a father. He wanted to be there for his children. And he wanted to really like, you know, that's what he wanted. That was his dream. Like his dream was always to be a family man. That was not my dream. And so, you know, wisdom six years removed from the situation will tell me and show me that um, you do a lot of things that you shouldn't do when you were hurt um, because he was very kind in the way that he chose to end that relationship. And out of my anger and out of my hurt, I could not see that and I refused to see that. And I was really mean to him because of it. And I, I, I know for a, he did, he tried to reach out to me at least three or four separate times after that over the course of like, three or four months. And I never knew what he was actually going to say. I never gave him a chance to say what he was going to say. And so much time has passed now that uh, I'm kind of at peace with the situation. And I think he is too. He seems to be doing well as far as I can tell. And I'm very happy and very proud of him. Um, But because of that, because of how much pain I was in because of the breakup, I refused to hear him out. And instead, um, I went on like a bad bitch spree in 2017 was like you know no I'm just gonna do whatever the fuck I want I was like I'm gonna slay everywhere I go I'm just gonna you know really live in my sauce and just you know be a savage and be a bad bitch and just do whatever the fuck I want to do so um I started dating the person that I had my daughter with and um that was like in April by July I was pregnant And I felt very overwhelmed throughout the duration of that pregnancy and realizing and just in the initial realization that, oh, like I'm fucking pregnant, like I'm pregnant. And um, I had really just kind of started to make some money teaching because teachers, when they first start teaching, you're not making shit really. I mean, you do okay, but... Um, I knew the kind of money I was making was like sufficient for me. I was like, I have enough money for me to do what the fuck I want to do. I was like, but I'll try to bring a kid into the mix. This is going to get dicey. This is going to get difficult. And sure enough, it was, it was really rough. Um, those, the first really honestly, to be honest, like the first year and a half that my daughter was around, it was really financially tough for me. Um, a lot of that has to do with the fact that her dad was just not, consistent or reliable when it came to doing what he was supposed to do in regards to being like actual help and the type of help that I actually needed, the type of help that our daughter actually needed in regards to like, you know, him being like, you know, financially stable enough to contribute to our household in a way that was meaningful and impactful. Um, and then just during the duration of my pregnancy, I remember just kind of like constantly having this feeling of like, what the fuck am I doing? Like I, I'm not prepared to be a parent. I'd never really wanted this, but I also felt like I made a very tough decision personally. I was like, you know, I was like, I'm 26 years old. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not 16. Um, you know, I'm educated. I have a master's degree. I'm a teacher. I have a career in education. Like I, you know, I'm been, been actively prepping for the past year I'm planning the next stage of my education, whether that's law school or whether that's uh, going into a PhD program. And I was actually accepted into the PhD program that I am in right now. Found out I was accepted maybe a month or a month and a half before I had my daughter. 
Um, and so, you know, just all those different compounding things during the time that I was dealing with my pregnancy were really rough. And then just on just constantly this guilt of feeling like, you know, I don't actually really want to be a mom. I don't actually really want to have a kid. I don't actually really want to fucking do this because I knew and saw so many red flags. And it's like, you know, you get pregnant and then you start to really see who someone is. And like up until that point of dating um, my daughter's dad, there were some things I felt were kind of iffy. And I was like, this is like, I don't know about that shit. But... um, you know, the stakes get higher in the situation. So you feel the need to like stick it out and you feel the need to make it work to the best of your ability and to really figure out what's going on. And so I, there are several red flags I noticed um, in regard to his very abusive nature. He smashed his phone into the ground in the early stages of my pregnancy and shoved me. Um, and... That was like the very first time that I was like, I don't need to be with this nigga and I don't need to have a child with this man nonetheless. Um, But I continued on with my pregnancy because I felt like my daughter deserved a chance at life. Um, And that's my personal decision. I do. I am pro-choice and I am pro-abortion for anyone who wants to safely get one no matter what stage your pregnancy you're in, that's not anybody's fucking business. I want to be very, very fucking clear about that, especially in the times that we're living in when the Supreme Court is hearing all these really bizarre and weird-ass challenges to something that women should absolutely and fundamentally fucking have the right to do. So let me be clear about that. This is not, uh, this ain't that. No, I'm pro-choice all the way. So let me be very clear about my stance. Um, I just personally did not feel like I could personally do that. And, um, but in having my child and having to deal with the stresses of raising her alone, I absolutely understand why so many women choose abortion because this shit is not easy. Is it worth it? Yes. For me, for me, it is for a lot of women. It probably wouldn't be for a lot of women. I know for a fact it isn't. So let me just be also clear about that. But, um, during the duration of my pregnancy, I just continuously saw and continuously was shown, um, that in many ways, in order to provide my daughter the life that she needs and that she deserves, I was initially on my own. Um, there are various other things that happen, but I am not dedicated to taking my platform and using it to bash the person I have my child with. Um, everybody knows what the fuck happened and what, what went on. So I'm not going to get into too many more details. I would just say that increasingly over the course of my pregnancy, I was shown time and time again that, um, you know, there were, the support was not there and it wasn't going to be there. And into her first year of life, same thing, same thing, same thing, same thing. Um, on two separate occasions, well, two separate occasions that I've documented and that the police have police records for, I was assaulted by the person I had my child with. Um, and the first time I waited about a month to make the police report because I needed to see if there was any remorse for what he had done to me. And there wasn't, um, not to mention when that happened, 
three months before that I had taken him to court to put him on child support, which he is currently not paying. Has was at one point for a very long stretch of time was very consistent about paying. There were some times in that consistent stretch where there was, you know, he missed payments, whatever the case may be. Um, so then also I just kind of like had to have that realization that financially he was not going to be consistent. And I thank God for blessing me with um, financial stability, especially over the past two years, because I've been straight. I've been more than straight in many ways. And I've been able to like just do this by myself. And I'm really thankful for that because I'm thankful for the strength that God continues to pour into me because without God, I'm nothing. And if I wasn't this strong, I would not be here, um, period. Like to be very blunt, I have a very abusive relationship with my own strength because I hate the fact that I'm often pushed into positions and situations where I have to fucking be strong for myself and for everybody else around me. But it's also a blessing because let me tell you something. If I wasn't strong, I'd fucking be dead. I would be dead. Um, and I know many single mothers probably feel the same way, but I would be dead. There's no way around it. I would not survive. Um, and if I die, what, what, would, what would happen to my child? Because her other parent has shown that he is not consistent. Um, I have to even question if he even fucking cares. I don't know that he does, and I'm not going to really get into that, but it is what it is. I don't care if he cares because I care enough for the both of us. Um, but that being said, um, mentally and emotionally, I have always struggled with anxiety and depression. I didn't know this until my early 20s when I was like literally having like major depressive episodes um, to the point where like, I was hallucinating and shit and just like, you know, hearing voices. Um, and that, that, you know, a lot of, a lot of these things were compounded by the fact that I didn't really know what I was going through. I didn't really know where to seek resources. Um, so I started self-medicating through alcohol and a lot of those issues became compounded because of that. And somewhere around my mid twenties, things started to kind of like, even out to the point where I felt stable enough to really just live my life in a, in a relatively normal way. Um, but <clears throat> going through what I went through during my pregnancy and in the first year and a half of my daughter's life, um, you know, that shit was pretty dicey to be honest. I have no other way to explain it or no other way to really say it. Um, I was shown so many different times that her other parent is not consistent, that he was a narcissist, a gaslighter, abusive, physically, mentally, and emotionally. And that um, when it was all said and done, he didn't really give a fuck about me. And if I, I genuinely feel like if you don't give a fuck about a child's mother, it's, it's different for the father because the father in many instances is not the primary parent. And this is just, this is the way that we're socialized to be. This is the way that it is. Mothers, when it comes to children, always do more. You cannot convince me otherwise. Even in situations where the situation is healthy, um, mothers typically take on a different type of labor that is usually more exhaustive. 
And I'm not to say, and I don't want to, I'm not shunning the healthy fathers, the fathers that really contribute to their, to the, to the burden of raising children in any, in any way. And I want to be clear about that, but the way that our society and our culture is structured, women almost always, I would say 99.999% of the time are the ones who are doing the bulk and the burden of raising children. And, um, with that being said, my advice to any woman, do not have children with anyone unless you personally deep, deep, deep down inside want children. Unless you really want kids, you personally, aside from your partner, whatever the case is, unless you personally want children, you have no business getting pregnant and having any fucking kids. And the reason I say that to you is because men leave all the time. They leave every day. Um, I watched my father leave my mom while she was battling an immune deficiency and while she was losing her sight. And he walked away from his family for another woman and to do other illicit shit that he had no business doing. And me and my sister have struggled for years to really work through that and to forgive him for the situation that my mom was put into and the situation that in, you know, inevitably his children were put into. And when I say that men leave, I'm not saying that, you know, your man's going to leave. He's going to leave you. Men leave in a variety from sometimes men die because you can become a single mother um, in a bunch of different ways, right? Your husband could die. He could get sick. And some of these things you can never account for. You can't account for your husband dying. You can't account for him getting sick. You can't account for like, you know, you don't know if you may have mental or emotional um, disabilities or disorders that may prevent him from being able to be fully 100% there and be a parent and be there for not only a parent, but be there for himself. You know, um, I say this because if you have children, as a woman, you need to be 100% prepared to raise them alone if this shit really go if it goes down if it goes down you need to be prepared because like i said various things can have like you never know what can happen in life and i i just really want to be very very transparent and very honest about that um i'm not and i just want to continue to say this because i think sometimes that um like this isn't in any way or shape or form bashing men i just really want women to understand that you do not and should not have a baby with anyone unless you personally want a child. Don't have a baby because you're with a man who wants to have kids. And he's convinced you that you should have that. You, well, you know, I want to have a baby. Like, let's, let's be a family. Let's do. And if you are and if you have even an inkling of doubt in your mind, do not do that. Because when it's all said and done. The same man that'll sit there and beg you for a baby is the same man that'll walk away from that child. Is the same man that would not provide for that child. Is the same man that will leave you to your own devices to make sure that child has everything they need. Is the same man that'll disrespect you and pretend that like your contributions to your child's life don't mean shit when you're literally the main person making sure that everything runs smoothly every day. Um, so that that is really my advice there. I chose to be a single mom because on several different occasions throughout the course of almost two years, probably longer than that, I was shown that the person that I had her with um, was not going to be consistent. 
and that he took my stability for granted and felt like because I was stable, that meant that he did not have to contribute in any real meaningful way. And after a while, you get tired of that because the thing is, I am consistent and I'm solid and I'm always going to make a way and I always have. So after a while, you know, you get to the point where you're like, well, no, actually, I don't fucking need your help. And I say this and I mean this and I've said this before on my podcast and this is a continuing theme and uh, a continuous theme that I'll continue to touch on throughout the rest of the season. But all help is not good help. All money is not good money. Um, I only really I only get four hundred dollars a month in child support. And that's because when I put the father of my child on uh, the father, yeah, the father of my child on child support, he wasn't really making any money. I guarantee if I were to take him back to court now, that would probably be raised. But also, I don't have no real interest in doing that. He can stay where he's at and they can collect. They can come collect him when the time comes. I really don't give a fuck and I'm not invested in that situation at all. Um, I don't think about it. I don't let it come into my mind. It does not shape anything that I do on a daily basis. It doesn't affect my money. It doesn't affect my bills. So it can. it is what it is up in the air at this point. So um, I was shown just on various different occasions that the parent, the other parent in this situation, just not consistent, wasn't consistent about um, helping, wasn't consistent about being a parent, wasn't consistent about being stable in his own life so that he could be a parent. Um, And in my opinion, was not making the necessary strides to actually be that person so he could be a stable parent for his child. It's like I said, after a while of asking someone over and over again to do what they're supposed to do, you just get tired. You're like, well, fuck it. Like, I'll just do it my fucking self. Like, literally, I'll do it for you niggas and do it for myself. I don't care anymore. And I operate that way in life because a lot of the time you cannot depend on other people. And I say that in the sense of like, I pray constantly about my village and about people who are going to be there for me and people who can pour into me. And so I know a person that's I know a person that's actually going to be there and I can tell a person that's not. And I literally, I treat people accordingly and I place people right where they belong, right where they belong. And that is a very important lesson. That's one of the, like, probably the biggest pieces of wisdom that I have in my 30 years of life is literally treat people accordingly and leave them where the fuck they're at. Don't, don't, you know, literally raise the price on niggas and just live your life. Because to be honest, you cannot force somebody to live up to the standards that you have set for them. You can only live up to the standards that you set for yourself. And you can only literally demand that everybody meet you where those standards are. And if they can't meet you where those standards are, then move the fuck on, period. I will also say this. um, I want to touch back on what I said at the very beginning of this podcast about this being an empowered choice of being like being a single mom, being a very empowered choice. But on a lot of days, it doesn't feel that way. Um, as I like delve more into like my culture, the culture of black women, the culture of black motherhood and how it has existed over centuries and over millennia. Um, if you are a single mom, invest in your village the people that support you and your child or your children, the people that can pour into you and that will pour into you because you will need breaks. You will need support. Being a parent is really, really, really difficult. Um, And that is why when people say that they don't want kids, you need to fucking believe them 
because being a parent, being a parent and raising a child and being everything for a child is really, really hard. It's beautiful. It's really rewarding. There's nothing like it. It is amazing. Like there's nothing, nothing, nothing like it. But just like everything else, it is not for everybody. And y'all have to accept that. Y'all have to accept that not every woman wants to be a mother. Not every woman is capable of raising a child. Um, I have my daughter now and I love her very much. And I'm committed to making sure that she has everything that she needs and that I can pour into her and that she has the everything that she needs in her toolbox, her her mental, emotional, physical toolbox to be the best version of herself as well, too. Um, it's hard to explain the feelings that surround being a mother and having a child. It is more so um, for me like feeling like I was blessed to have her. And I am. Having children and raising your children is a blessing. Pouring into your children and treating them with kindness and parenting them in a healthy way and doing parenting the right way to the best of your abilities is really a fucking privilege. It really is. And it's a privilege that if you're given, um, like when you have children, that you should. And this, like I said, this is for, this is for me. That my personal opinion, and for my per, for me personally, from my life, do the best that you can. And so I'm I'm very grateful and thankful for my daughter, and she deserves the very best version of me, which is why I'm so committed to excellence in every way possibly. Like. Really going on a transformation um, over these next couple of months. I hate winter. I, I suffer from seasonal depression. I hate the cold. So literally falling off the face of the earth and just doing stuff for my podcast, for my dissertation, for my styling, and just like doing some other, knocking some other career milestones and stuff down that I want to do. Um, and mostly doing all that stuff for my daughter. Like, you know, really committing myself to putting myself in a position where I can increase my earning potential because kids are also expensive. And in order for my daughter to have the type of life that I feel like she deserves as a black woman, as a single mom, I really hate capitalism, first and foremost. But I also will exploit the fuck out of capitalism for my own well-being and for my daughter's well-being. So let's just leave it at that. Uh, I need six figures and I need somebody to run me my goddamn money, which I feel is definitely going to come for sure. By the time I'm 35, I plan to be fucking great. Um, just to wrap this up, because we're hitting, we're already at the 30-minute mark, but being a single mom is the choice I made because I knew that there was no other healthy way for me to parent my child. And I'm committed to parenting in a healthy way, parenting in a way that I feel allows me to have dignity, allows my child to have dignity. Um, one of my biggest things, especially with children, is that to teach them, you know, people need to be held responsible for how consistent, they need to be accountable for how consistent they are with you. I'm raising a little black girl, a little dark-skinned black girl, just like her mom. And um, we already live in a world that in many ways does not value us and that is going to push images and propaganda and messages to us that we're not important, that we're not cared for, that we don't matter. And um, 
I'll be damned if I sit there and willingly let somebody play in her face about how much they're going to be there for her um, and how much they actually want to be there for her. You know, um, I think fathers manipulate situations so much, you know, like, you know, only wanting to have your child for a day only wanting to take them when you want to take that's not co-parenting and i want to say that to all the girls out there because i know so many women have so many so many women have reached out to me over the course of these last this season of these last couple of these four these last three podcasts i've done and been like you know this is what's going on in my situation I, i literally tell girls i'm like you know a man not wanting to get his child not wanting to financially contribute not wanting to do any of the emotional or mental or physical labor it takes to really raise a child that's not co-parenting it's not and i'm not going to co-parent with someone who's not fully committed to doing their 100 percent. like i put up 180 percent all the time for my kid and i'm not co-parenting with somebody who can't put up 100 percent and really be there and really be consistent because it's not fair to me it's a waste of my time um and i know my worth i know my daughter's worth like I said, set the price on niggas and live your life for real. Like make people meet you where the standard has been set. And if they can't, then fuck them. I sincerely mean that. Um, I think for the next episode, we are going to dive into mental health. Because I've come across a lot of like I've really been researching. And after I finish my dissertation and get my PhD, um, I think my research interests. I'm already, I'm already writing my dissertation about black moms, um, formerly incarcerated black moms, but my research interests have just, you know, that's the one thing I do like about being a trained researcher. Um, someone who is really, really invested in quantitative and qualitative research and how it could be used as a transformative and a tool and as a form of advocacy, I definitely am going to begin researching single moms and income insecurity, financial insecurity, and mental health because there are so many moms out here, single moms, who are under-resourced, who are really fucking going through it. And that shit really touches me on a very personal level because I'm tearing up because I really understand what that's like and it's really really hard it's really hard I'm tired of seeing women struggle and so in any way that I can be an advocate for women just like me who are going through very tough times trying to raise kids by themselves without any real help uh you know my mom was here for me but my mom is sick now my mom is getting old my mom has been sick since I was nine um my dad is sick my mom has always been there for me so, <clears throat> as and she was a single mom as well, too. And I watched her literally give so much of herself, so much of herself to her children, um, and so much of herself to the world around her. And I'm tired of watching women give and give and give and give, and it never being appreciated and not being enough. And so for all the single moms out there, most single moms I know, they're raising more than one kid alone. They're raising three or four. And I just want to say that y'all are my heroes. I'm rooting for you. I really am. This is really, really hard. So I think on the next episode, what I really want to talk about, and this is something that really personally affects me, 
and single motherhood and mental health. So I hope you guys are doing well. Take care and I'll see you in a few weeks. Okay.